Hello friends, welcome back to the SR66 Report, a podcast on culture, society, technology and the economics of connectedness. Today is February 18th, 2022, so we're going to continue to talk about inflation. Now that we have set the stage, let me go back to that personal experience regarding inflation. I told you how there can be a gap between what the average statistics tell us officially and what people actually feel. I was reading a blog post by a blogger named Michelle who depicted how inflation had affected her personal finances. I invite you to read that post because it's a perfect illustration of what I was developing in my previous posts. I could be pulling all kinds of textbook explanations that would bore you to death and dilute the effect of your understanding, or I could invite you to expose yourself to tangible experiences like the one that Michelle is describing in her own post. I'm putting the link uh, in the description here. Of course, her description is already three months old, and a lot has happened in between. Despite the fact that it's three months old, it only confirms how important it is to rely on personal experience. And uh, I have to thank Michelle for sharing that experience. That's the power of blogging. Having said that, now I want to get back to that historical review that I promised from the very beginning. I promised also to make it as straightforward as possible and not to lose you in convoluted technical explanations. That bird's eye view of historical context is what will allow you to learn about the past, to understand where we stand in the present moment and be able to predict where we're going in the future. It's an essential building block of your understanding. And if you want to understand inflation, you need to realize the larger context of energy and the history that underlies it and and also blend it uh, through the prism of personal experience. And that's what I'm planning to do in the next few minutes with you here. We live indeed in a world that's deeply addicted to oil. Everything you see, everything you use, consume, is derived from oil, from the packaging that wraps your food or electronic appliance you just bought, to that uh, toothbrush you just used to make your mouth uh, feel cleaner, uh, from the food on your table to the painkiller pill you may have used for that headache, every single calorie you consume daily contains a multiple amount of uh, oil. So it makes absolute sense to realize that climate change and the need for an energy transition will not make that current inflationary tensions uh, just a temporary phase that will pass. It, It won't be back to business as usual once this COVID crisis is all over. So it makes sense for our historical review to focus on oil. And so let me start with 1973. I could start a lot earlier with very good reasons, but, I'm, but I wasn't born 
in these previous phases and I promised I will only talk about what I personally witnessed. So in 1973, I was barely a teenager uh, and at that time, uh, all I can remember were those long lines of cars at the gas station. All producers had started an embargo as a result of the Israel-Palestine conflict. It literally quadrupled the price of oil in just six months. In the six months that followed the October 1973 decision taken by the 12 OPEC members. A few few years later, the Iranian revolution started and was followed by the Iran-Iraq war that lasted seven years. So, I could give you a whole lengthy list of factors and explanations about the geopolitics of these times. I will do that at a later stage. However, um, I, I, I think it's important to keep a bird's eye view here. Um, I, I, I always like to do it, to do this um, and to maintain a bird's eye view in order to stay in touch with the main arc of the history. Uh, that was at play then and that continues up to our present days. It's the history of oil and money, and more practically the history of inflation, which is the topic of our study here. Sometimes I like to make references to movies. They have that ability to detach your attention from those siloed categories of understanding. I have found that a good movie will use a story or a fictional character that very often connects uh, me to an understanding that I wouldn't have accessed otherwise. One of these movies that perfectly applies to the period that we are covering from 1973 to 1982 is called Rollover with Jane Fonda and Chris Christopherson. It's a, it's a love story between the widow of a magnate, Jane Fonda, in the movie, and she inherits a, fort- a fortune left by her uh, husband, by her late husband, and and it's a love story between her and a, and an ambitious um, uh, banker, Chris Christopherson. Behind that love story hides a fantastic description of the world as it stood at that time. It is a perfect depiction of economic dynamics that even textbook economic economic books in business or in business or in economics graduate programs didn't even provide at that time. I can say it because none of my courses in business school and none of the textbooks in economics uh, described, described it as perfectly as what that movie was about. In that movie, one of the characters says a sentence that summarizes hundreds, literally hundreds of pages of economic theory. Uh, Just like Rumi's ability to help us grasp a reality about inflation, that that one sentence in that movie provides us with a deeper sense of the economic reality that was at play at that time, and not a single analyst, commentator, journalist was aware of it at that time. Again, I can say it because I witnessed it. I witnessed that period, both right there in the Gulf area, because that's where I lived for several years, 
and uh, later on in the investment banking world, I'll, I'll let you watch that movie by yourself and come to that understanding by yourself. What you will notice from that movie is the role of raw materials, of course, of oil, the role of the banking system, how oil and the banking system are so intertwined. The US dollar has a reserve currency and the impact that reserve currency has, still has and had at that time on the producing countries, on the producers of oil and in fact on the producers of any other commodity because the US dollar is, is the, um, the, the only currency used to pay for these commodities and oil as well. So that's what I wanted to share with you. We'll keep going on in the next few posts. Let me know what you think. Share, share your comments and I will reply. promise I will reply. Thank you so much again. And looking forward to talking next time. Bye.